A weekend with Jason Dacey replay from Money FM 89.3. Great to have you with us here on Money FM 89.3. I'd like to welcome my regular Saturday co host, Neil Humphreys, who's been a busy man this week. Good morning, Jason. How are you doing? I am great. Uh, I am holding your new book in my hand Abbey Rose and the Magic Suitcase. It's the sixth installment in the series. Telling the Otters to leave home was a really big mistake. Lovely illustrations. It's a work of art, isn't it? Yeah, it I really must is. thank Cheng Pui Kun. She is the best illustrator in Singapore. JB, some say Batam. And I just think she's fabulous. She doesn't brag about it because she doesn't need to. The work speaks for itself. Yeah, she's the, fantastic. The book was released uh, in this past week and uh, 19th book that you've uh, written. And I love the way that you're doing stuff for children and inspired by your daughter. But tell yes. us about this one. Yes, well, very briefly, Abby Rose and the Magic Suitcase has kind of exceeded all my expectations and I'm very grateful about it. It started because one day I watched my daughter in our apartment pulling her suitcase from room to room. She went in the kitchen and she said, this is Singapore. She went into the bedroom and said, this was Japan. She went into the toilet and she said, this was Malaysia. Malaysia was always the toilet. I I don't know what was happening on a psychological level there. But I was fascinated by the fact that she was using this suitcase as a portal. Mm. So I thought if I marry the two together... We could have this feisty young female character who went on these eco-adventures. Mm-hmm. Each book, different ab- uh, animal, mm-hmm. different habitat, different message for the kids to take away. So it's very important to me. This is a real passion project of mine. And I love the way you've picked otters. Well, that's right. There's a story behind that because previous animals were things like anim- uh, uh, pandas and uh, dolphins and so on. And I kept getting a, you must do a Singapore animal. You must mm. do a Singapore mm-hmm. animal. And I kind of resisted it because I didn't want the stories to be so localized, so parochial, Mm -hmm. so esoteric and so on. But then a couple of things happened, Jason. Back in uh, April, there was a famous story where two otters were unfortunately trapped Mm -hmm. and killed accidentally Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in fishing traps off of uh, the Changi Beach Club. And the second thing was very interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine, a young friend of mine, who uh, who is a keen fisherman. And we were talking about otters. And he said that otters had become a pest. And I thought, wow, it was only five minutes ago that they were cute and cuddly. Mm -hmm. But now they're pests? Mm. Why are they pests? So I didn't want us to start sending out mixed messages. So I wanted to write this book to hopefully teach young children, young all people, but particularly children, to appreciate that we must coexist. We must appreciate how lucky we are. Mm. We are spectacularly lucky to Mm -hmm. have so many otters in such a small island. And we should cherish them and love them and appreciate them. Yeah. Look, I'm really excited. We're going to be talking more about otters uh, Mm. with uh, Siva, the otter man, the famous otter man of Singapore a bit later on. But when you write a a children's book, how is it different to writing, you know, a book about Singapore? You've written many about Singapore, you know, writing about football, which you've written about doing a a murder mystery. Mm. What's the process? The interesting thing about children's books, this, well, this first cliche is everyone thinks they can write a children's <laughs> book, right? Every housewife wants to write a children's book and so on. And it always fascinates me. Mm. The language is so complex and takes so much time mm. because, well, firstly, I, I, I test it on my daughter. We have this back and forth. She's my literal guinea pig. It's getting harder now because her voice has changed. She's mm. older. So mm. her vocabulary has expanded. So I have to keep searching back for my daughter's five-year-old voice mm. in my head. And she's takes, 10 now, right? She's 10. And it takes me a while to find it, to mm. get it back. The, the, the humor, the language, the nuance, that's the first thing. The second thing is I, I look for the humor. Where can I find the humor in the book? Mm. That's very important to me. Rule number one, 
children's books should be interesting. They should be f- entertaining, yep. preferably funny, yep. to keep the child engaged. And then thirdly, and this is important for me, is what I discovered with these books, Jason, by about the second or third book, I used to make. I decided to make the books more active, very active, uh, sort of frenzied uh, verbs because I started doing storytellings and I realised that the physical elements of the book were more important. So in this book, for example, I have the otters rubbing and wriggling and rubbing and wriggling mm-hmm. repetitively mm-hmm. because I will do that. Yeah. I will be seen at a store near you in the near future <laughs> rubbing and wriggling and right. rubbing and wriggling and getting the children to do the same thing. Mm. And I discovered that, A, they love to act out physically. It becomes a very interactive uh, performance. But, two, they are subconsciously learning that this is the natural behavior of the animal itself. Mm. In the case of otters, rubbing and wriggling, rubbing and wriggling. They do that to dry themselves. Let's remember they are mammals. They need to get dry. So when they get out of the rivers, they dry themselves. So in that frenzied rubbing and wriggling, they're subconsciously learning the animal's behavior as well. So all of my books are very physical, very interactive, and that's very deliberate for the storytellings. And this is the sixth one that you've written in the Abbey Rose. How how would you say... It's different to the previous ones. Obviously, you've mentioned the Singapore uh, animal. Um, what other changes have you made? This one is by far the most comprehensive in terms of ensuring it was factual. We live mm. in an age of fake news. That's yeah. one. So I'm always <laughs> conscious of making sure it's factually correct. Yeah. But this one in particular, because the otter is such a popular animal and because there are literally many experts now on mm. otters in Singapore, we're going to speak to one later. Yes. You can't get that book wrong. You know, if I made a a quirky mistake about a panda Mm. uh, in one of my other books, Mm. I might get away with it Mm. because there are not many experts on pandas. But in this book, it has to be all factually correct. Even though it's a story and there's a little bit of suspension of disbelief, anything the otter actually does in that book, with a little bit of poetic license, but they will actually do in real life. And the last point, there are four pages of... Otter fun facts with fantastic photographs that were kindly donated to us by an otter watcher called uh, Jeff Chio. That was very important to me because I wanted uh, Singaporean children and families to actually see real otters in their native environment and actually appreciate how close we really live with them. We Mm. really do live cheek Mm. by jowl. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I must tell you quickly, if I can, I have a soft spot for otters for, for two reasons. One... It was one of the first wild animals I saw back in Sungai Below in mm. 2005. But more recently, I did a documentary for a TV channel in Singapore. And I was at Lorong Halus and I was talking to an ornithologist, yep. a bird expert. Mm-hmm. Now, I like birds, mm-hmm. but they're not as sexy to me <laughs> as otters. Right. No disrespect to ornithologists. Yeah. And while we were talking, someone, the, the cameraman started pointing over my shoulder. Yep. Neil, Neil, <laughs> stop talking, stop talking, stop talking. So we cut. <laughs> And a family of otters, an entire family of otters, which I now know to be mm. the, the Sarangoon Reservoir otters that sort of live around near where I live right, and, yeah. and Coney Island and yeah, yeah. Longhalus, they were over my shoulder, Jason. Really? And it became a real David Attenborough <laughs> moment. Start running, start running. And I told the guys to film while mm. we're running so we get that oh, jerky fantastic. kind of born identity, wow. you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, free-moving, Nat mm. Geo kind of style. And so I did this piece to camera where I am standing – on the edge of a riverbank at Lorong Halus, 50 metres away from an HDB housing estate on the other side of the river. 50 metres away. 50 metres, yeah. right? Pongo yeah. this was. I've got otters five metres behind me, and it was this beautiful, 
encapsulation moment of our city in a garden. There am I, David Attenborough, <laughs> piece to camera, otters behind me, HDB estate 50 metres away. Mm. It was a literal example of how we have to coexist mm. in our city in a garden. Mm. Well, Marshall Cavendish is the uh, the publisher of this book. They've stuck with you for, for many years stuck now. Stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> They've well, pulled you, up with me. You've stuck with them, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they backed you, I should say. That was probably yes, clums- they have, they clumsily have. put. But, uh, you know, where do you see your next book coming from? Do you enjoy children's books more than um, writing about Singapore, writing about football or murder mysteries? That's a really good question, actually. The, the quick answer to that is I have to keep doing different things. I admire – I really do admire uh, people like Lee Child who mm. writes 25 Jack Reacher novels yeah. and then the likes of John Grisham and yeah. Agatha Christie. Some of my favourites. Yeah, yeah, terrific authors, really fantastic authors. Mm. But I like to mix it up. Mm. I like to do a Bill Bryson-esque book mm-hmm. about life in Singapore. Then I like to do a children's book like this one, which is kind of in the style of uh, Charlie and Lola. Yep. Uh, young readers will appreciate I may be doing a book later on. It's a bit of a secret, part of a new series for middle grade readers, which is sort of 10 to 12 years old. And then I'll go back to my Inspector Lowe murder mysteries. So I like the fact that one minute I can be writing about saving otters in Singapore, and the next minute I can be writing about catching a serial killer in Singapore (laughs) for Inspector Lowe. I I get bored Mm. if I'm constantly doing – I like to test myself. I like to stretch myself, different genres, different styles of writing – and it's very hard to write for a five-year-old, then write for a 10-year-old, then write for a non-fiction fan, mm. you know, who likes my quirky Singapore humour stories, and then write in a crime thriller. Very different styles of writing, very different genres. And I just enjoy testing myself, stretching myself, and writing across as many mediums as I can. Well, the book is called Telling the Otters to Leave Home was a really big mistake. It's the latest instalment in the Abbey Rose and the Magic Suitcase series. Uh, Neil, for the moment, thank you. In a moment, uh, we're going to talk to Singapore's foremost otter expert. So do keep it here on Money FM 89.3.